All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. Your host, Tommy Tahoe Lamo, coming at you hot. Episode 234. Um, pumped. I mean, this is the show. This is the show where young salespeople come to learn to grow their sales career, right? I think sales can change your life for the better. And this is where you come to sell more, to make more money, to be more fulfilled, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do. We bring on guests that are going to help you get there. And, um, Really excited for today's episode. Before we get to that, let's show some love to our two sponsors of the show. First up is gong.io. Um, straight up, I love gong so much I went to work there. Uh, it is the number one revenue intelligence platform. It's the greatest sales invention in the history of time. You might have uh, seen the $250 million in funding that we got uh, two weeks ago uh, at a seven plus billion with a B dollar valuation. Uh, it, we're, we're killing it. Uh, there's nothing else to say. Check us out gong.io or just DM me on LinkedIn. I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, for some connections there. So, uh, DM me and I'll point you in the right direction to connect with someone. Um, this episode is also brought to you by postal.io postal in a world where, uh, everyone is spraying and praying, uh, their, uh, content and, and data and things like that, especially to customers. They help you do really tailored, customized uh, gifts for customers or partners or prospects. So it could be from the florist on the street corner, the brewery across town, uh, and really uh, you know, make someone's day. And uh, I get a response almost every single time I send something to someone because who doesn't love a good gift? A good personalized gift helps you break barriers uh, and break down walls with people in this virtual world. Um, you can do something cool. This month, they're doing something. If you go to Apple Podcasts and you re review this podcast, you send that to me on LinkedIn, they'll send you a free Starbucks gift card. It's pretty sweet. Um, it takes you two minutes. You get a free coffee or iced tea or whatever it is that you like to drink there, and everyone wins. Everyone's happy. Um, so please show some love to Gong and Postal. If you want to show me some love, I'm Tommy Tahoe on social media. You could also go to... Um, you know, pretty much anywhere uh, that podcasts are held to look up this show and subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. Uh, it helps me to grow the show tremendously. So I appreciate you. I love you. Um, okay, let's take a left turn to today's guest. Today, I'm talking with Sanjeet Sunny Dollywall, uh, who is the inside sales manager at Patient Pop. You might know Patient Pop uh, as the hot LA startup that uh, has some big names, especially in the LinkedIn and the SaaS world. Justin Welsh was formerly there. Kevin K.D. Dorsey uh, is currently running inside sales there. Uh, Derek Jankowski was formerly there. Um, and, and Sonny Dollywall's there. And Sonny's a stud, man, like just straight up. Uh, I loved rapping with him. He was a recommendation from Justin Welsh. If Justin says something, I do it. That's a fact. Uh, so I loved talking to Sonny. Uh, we talked about him starting off as a professional actor uh, and how he got into sales. Uh, he's moved up and gotten a promotion every single year in the four plus years that he's been at Patient Pop from SDR to AE to senior AE to sales manager. And uh, that's just the prototypical. That's just exactly how you draw it up. So uh, I think a lot of people probably want to follow that track. 
he lays out how exactly how he did that. And then we even get into a little bit of, hey, what do you do with your money? Uh, and he does some real estate investing and he educates me on that because I know nothing about that. Um, so it's a great episode. I think if you're if you want to be a successful rep, if you want to move up internally, you want to lead, you want to make more money with your money, all of that stuff is covered in this episode. Let's get straight to my conversation with Sonny. Let's go. All right, Sonny Dollywall, good evening. Welcome to the Millennial Sales Podcast. How's it going, Tom? Good, excited to be on. Yeah, man, I, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. I um, I wanted to do something different to start this podcast because I was doing some research on you. I came across this thing on LinkedIn. I'm gonna like put you on the spot a little bit just right off the bat, if if that's cool with you. Do I have permission to do that? Yeah, let's well, ride. So we got we got a uh, recommendation here from the Justin Welsh, uh, who is you know if you listen to this and you don't know who Justin Welsh is, then you know you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But he writes you know like a five paragraph thing, and uh, I won't read the whole thing, but but pretty much how he ends it is you know um, you know uh, he's talking about what sets you apart. He says a thirst for mentorship and learning. It's like his tank is on empty at all times. And all he wants to do is fill it up with knowledge to get better at his job. He craves it. That's what the top 1% of performers do. When you're building a high growth organization and you're looking for leaders, dot, 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 this is your guy. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin fluffing it up a little bit, being a little nice <laughs> to me. I appreciate that. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think that's all about? Yeah, um, well, Justin, when I started, I, I was an SDR. And I accepted the fact that I knew nothing about sales. And I was always asking Justin, he used to be there way after hours. And, you know, we had, we had the keg in the office sometimes for, for a beer and to start talking sales. And I just wanted to ask him every single question I could about sales. Not only that, but his background, like how did he get to be a VP of sales? You know, I think he was in his mid thirties at the time at one of the hottest startups in Los Angeles. Like, how do you do that? And it was really interesting always hearing his stories about how he rose up in sales, the deal talks, the old deal war stories too, and trying to learn as much as I could from someone like him. And also he always saw me, you know, picking the brains of other reps, other managers, et cetera. That's awesome. Um, I mean, that's, that's something special to have someone like that with his track record, uh, not just say, Hey, I, I endorse you, but, but to get that specific in that, you know, kind of passionate about it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You know, definitely beats getting a Microsoft Office endorsement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm curious, you, you came into sales at Patient Pop about four years ago. See, you know, sounds like you were really hungry from the get go. Uh, before that, you were doing some acting in a couple commercials. So what, what was that bridge like? Like what, what led you to make the move over to uh, the world of sales? Yeah, a, a little crazy. So I was actually, I was a pre-med student in, in Philadelphia. I was interviewing at medical schools and I just had this feeling like, I, I don't know if I could go through with this. I wasn't particularly passionate about being a doctor. My brother is a, is a physician. He just finished a residency. And while I was talking to him, he was in medical school and he was telling me, dude, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. Like there's other ways to be successful. There's other ways to help people to make money. So he's like, if you got a dream, go and do it. And one of my dreams was 
moving to LA and being an actor and it was crazy. I told my parents, obviously not stoked at all. Right. So yeah. I had to tell my dad, Hey, you know, thanks for paying for all the college. I'm going to go to LA, be an actor. So I started from the ground up, started working in commercials and actually the experience I had proved to be invaluable later on, you know, and I still recommend it to some of my reps, take an improv class, mm-hmm. you know, take an acting class. Cause that's what we do on the phones. I didn't realize it at the time. It was kind of like some Mr. Miyagi stuff. So I was out there taking improv classes, started, you know, getting that experience, going to auditions, took a lot of rejections, et cetera. Long story short, I was broke. I was out of money. I needed something. And someone told me, hey, why don't you go and check out tech sales? There's a bunch of companies in Santa Monica throughout Silicon Beach. I had no idea what was going on in the tech scene in LA. I didn't know what a sales role even looked like. Again, I was from a science background and then I was just acting. And I started researching, started applying to different jobs, different roles throughout Los Angeles, came across Patient Pop. Derek Tankowski interviewed me there, um, eventually was hired as an SDR. And from there, just, you know, started building up the sales skill set. That's awesome. Um, and that's a pretty natural transition because you're selling things in the, are you selling to doctors at Patient Pop? Yeah, and that was one of the most appealing things to me. I had shadow doctors, worked with doctors, and here's a job that just so happens to be in LA. You know, one of the biggest software companies out here is selling to healthcare providers. So that was a natural fit. Have you, uh, have you done any improv since you started getting into sales or uh, were you just doing that when you were an actor? I just did it as an actor and I did a lot of it. And yeah. it really just helped me. It just kind of wires your brain to really just start thinking on the spot and objection all of a sudden doesn't take that long to handle. Um, and I actually went back and reread my improv book, which was, you know, I, I think it's still something that we don't talk about enough as sales managers, sales leaders, you know, some reps, they do have that issue, but they, they can't think on the spot. They aren't that quick and it can really hurt them. You know, if you take an improv class, it really just makes you feel more confident and who you are and like everyone knows the answers. Some people just don't feel confident and kind of snapping right into it. Yeah. There's uh do you know who Ryan Serhan is? Yeah. Yeah. I know he, he was an actor too. Yeah. Before he was he an actor and, and he talks about, uh, talked about a lot of improv stuff uh, in his book, uh, just that, that background and how helpful that was for him. Yeah. It just loosens you right up. Yeah. I can see it being a huge, huge asset to anybody. Um, so I want to talk about your path at, at Patient Pop. There's two things that really have stood out to me um, from your path. One, uh, being there for four years in your first tech job is uh, is very unique. Uh, and then the second piece is that it looks like almost every single year you've gotten promoted, uh, at least maybe once a year, uh, as a SDR to rep, rep to better rep now as a manager. So Walk me through, let's start with, with kind of the tenure there and what value you think that has provided to you to stay at the same place for now going on four plus years. Yeah. I mean, as far as being there for four years, I, I see a lot of people, a lot of reps leave, you know, they look for the next shiny object or hope, Hey, this, this next sales role, it's going to be so much different than the one I have now. <laughs> and it might be better or it might be worse. But I think the question is, are you really getting as much as you could out of the current role you're in? Right. And that's how I always looked at things. Right. So as an SDR, as I was moving up, I just asked enough questions. I I knew there's so much for me to learn. And my goal was to be the top SDR. Right. And I got close to being the top SDR. I can't say that I was. But then as soon as I moved into every single role, it was that constant journey of how much can I learn? How much can I improve? 
how much in the weeds or in the details can I get to really get to that top level? Plus, I'm trying to outwork literally every single person there because I knew I wanted to be the best at something and I felt like I owed it to myself to, to rise up to the top. And as far as the tenure, right? And I see this now as a manager, you know, we've had some reps leave as any company does. And sometimes we'll hear something like, ah, like, I just, you know, I, I need something else. I need something new. But sometimes we're not asking ourselves, okay, like, have I done everything I could do possibly to grow here? Have I asked for help? Have I asked for more opportunities? And if you, you know, if you want to take it one step further, start suggesting things like, hey, here's a great idea. I want to implement it here. What do you guys think? And that's how you can kind of move up the ranks, start getting into management and start solving big problems for any company you're a part of. Yeah. And I've, I've heard it mentioned from folks, someone that stands out is Scott Lease in the sales space who talks a lot about, you know, working up the ranks, at, you know, from SDR to AE to sales manager and, and up the management ranks of that. You, you can't just hit your number, right? You can't just do your job and then expect that you're going to get pushed through. You do have to kind of come with those unique ideas or thoughts or actions that are outside of your normal day-to-day -day responsibilities. Was that, has that been your experience of how you've moved up the, the chain? Yeah, I, I think it was actually in my interview when I was interviewing with Justin to move from SDR to closer. He asked me, how are you leading? Like, how are you a leader right now? How do you help your team? And you know, it's 23 at the time. I didn't have all the answers. I still don't have all the answers, but I told him, Hey, if I was a, if I had, you know, a senior title or something, then I'd feel better about reaching out to people. I don't want to reach out to people and just like be that person reaching out and, and trying to help them. I feel like if I had some sort of title, then it'd be easier for me. He's like, that's not how leadership works. Leadership is you start helping people around you. Just find one. He's like, people will want your help. If you go out there and you just reach out to them. He's like, I think you would honestly be surprised. And that's how you make it an easy, easy decision down the road for you to become a manager. It was something that always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. So down the road, when I did have it more figured out, I would never say I had a hundred percent figured out as a closer, I was able to reach out to some of the lower performing reps, you know, help them figure out what was holding them back, increase their performance, report up, report up on it to my manager at the time, Jess. And ultimately it made it an easier decision for them to pull me up into management when the time came. So always a lesson that kind of stuck out to me as far as like, this is how you can get promoted by stepping up as a leader right now, instead of just hitting your number, just doing your job and expecting that to be enough for them to say, Hey, you can close deals. Now you can manage people because they don't right. equate at all. At all, yeah. at all. So yeah. what did those conversations look like when, let's say I'm, I'm a lower performer on your team and you're an AE and, and you're one of the top performers. What, what was that? outreach from you how did that look where it wouldn't make me you know put my defenses up yeah i think it took some time right because i had to prove myself that i'm consistent i can handle my business and i also have to show jess who is who's my boss he's still my boss today he's a man and <laughs> shout, I, out to I, jess. shout out jess shout out jess i feel like i got to shout him out on every podcast um so no i had to kind of go about it by asking them like, Hey, is, is it okay if I give you a piece of feedback on just this one piece uh, of your demo? I just like, I heard it. So just getting the permission, it's still something I'll do as a manager. Hey, is it okay if I just gave you a piece of feedback here? Yeah, of course. You know, people are always curious, like, yeah, what, what do you think is up? And yeah. if I'm able to just give them a piece of value, get someone to think about something a little bit different and they have that aha moment, 
It's like, okay. But what I'll look for is, hey, like, did you actually implement what I told you? Did you actually put it into action? Or I'll tell them like, hey, next time it comes up, tell me about it. How did it go? And I know if that rep comes back to me and says, Sonny, I tried what you said and it worked. Okay, then we can, you know, potentially think about meeting, whether it's after hours or whatnot, and make sure whatever rep it is, they also want to make an equal investment in their career, as well as me taking out extra time from my day to also invest in you. So not everyone wants your help. It's always a little bit of, you know, if you see someone willing to help themselves, I'm going to be more willing to help out that person and make that extra investment too. And then it becomes sort of a no brainer. You're, you're the top or one of the top reps on the team and you're pseudo managing the bottom reps. Uh, So then when there's a management role open, it's like, well, but who else would we even look at, you know, for something like this, you're already, you know, probably partially doing the job uh, when it's not even your job yet. Yeah, I can tell you as a manager, it's every, I think every manager's dream to have one of your reps say, hey, is it okay if I help out some of the, the bottom performers here? You know, like, yeah, of course, like go for it, spend a little extra time. And, you know, I am grateful for Jess that he let me take some extra time and he gave me guidance too on how to work with some of these bottom performers, some things that he was talking to them about as well. So we we're all aligned and able to, you know, increase performance. And I think that gave him a little bit more confidence in my ability as well. So uh, Jess, and I don't know, I don't know him. I don't know who, who we're even talking about here, but was he yeah. your manager before you were a manager? Was he your manager as a rep and now, and maybe not as an SDR, but in those two different roles? Yeah. So Jess, he was my first manager as a closer. Okay. So he had moved from being an individual contributor into managing a team. I was part of his first sales team. And yep. now he's the the director of inside sales at patient pop. So I'm still reporting to him. So okay. I'll probably work for him for like the next 40 years or so, or so I say <laughs> roughly <laughs> I'm like 60. <laughs> so, so how do you, um, give me your tips on managing up because, um, I imagine, you know, I, I've, I've heard this phrase that has always stuck with me called the canvas strategy, uh, from Ryan Holiday. I'm not sure if you ever heard it. Um, no, but, I haven't. but, but, but it's essentially like, the way for you to move up is to help clear the path for the person that's ahead of you, right? So instead of you just trying to make yourself look like the shining star, you're actually making their job easier, making them look good. And because if in this case, maybe this is not what happened, but I'm just imagining maybe if Jess was a manager and you were doing a great job and you were kind of clearing the path for some things for him, then he got promoted then he took you with him because you helped him to do that. And it's kind of this path where, you know, you're not just looking out for yourself. You are looking out for the person above you as well and have a really good relationship there. Uh, I'm curious if that resonates or if this is just like, Tom, you're talking crazy. No, it definitely resonates. So our director of sales development, when I first joined Andrew Weiss, I remember I was in a one-on-one with him and I had asked him too about how do you get promoted? How do you move up? Right. He was at the director level. And his advice to me was make your manager's life easier and report up. He's like, instead of them coming to you for what you're doing, how you spend your time, just send an email out at the end of the week, at the end of the month about here's how I spent my time. Here's the results from it. Here's what I think we could do better. Here's problems that we have. And here's how I'm thinking about fixing them. Whatever it is, a little recap email can do so much magic. And Mm. Once I was, I had the conversation with Jess about, hey, I'm interested in management. And then from there, 
end of the week, I would send them a, I used to just call it a, a sunny update, weekly sunny update. And I used to have my pipeline linked in there, like all the opportunities, just so you still know, hey, I'm still taking care of my business. Here are the deals that are going to come in. And then I would have how much time I spent with each rep, what we worked on, what was the metric that we talked about, and how was that, you know, how was that trending? So I'd say, here's what we talked about. Here's what we practiced. Here's the results. So I'd report that on the following week, like, hey, this person, Claire, her close rate is actually going up from what we're talking about. And I would meet with, I feel like it would be at first three reps, then what actually starts to happen is once other, once reps see you working with other people, they start coming to you and saying, hey, Sonny, would you mind meeting with me too? And I started having SDRs coming up to me when I was an AE, asking me to meet with them for time, talk about cold calling, cadence building, emails, et cetera as well as people asking me for help on the closing side. So I was reporting on both the SDRs, AEs, and just started becoming that person in the office that people could go to if they're having some issues. And that is the definition of treating your, your territory, your role, like you're the CEO, right? And you're kind of rolling up that update to your board or to the investors and giving them the update. And uh, I think the, the, the top, top one performers, top, you know, 0.1% of performers do those types of things that, uh, again, really make it obvious how much you care and how thoughtful you're being and, and all of the effort that you're putting into, uh, you know, your work on a, a weekly basis. So I love that idea. I think that's one of the best tips I've heard uh, in a little while on this podcast of doing that on a weekly basis and helping yourself stand out that way. Yeah, it makes a huge impact. And we had one of our SDRs he, he didn't get the promotion of being an AE. And I met with him and I told him, hey, force the issue, right? Like do the practice sessions, listen to gongs, send an email out to Jess, to your own director, as far as the, their own director of sales development, CC'd the managers, he CC'd me every single week. This guy, here's what I did. Here's how I'm crushing my number as an SDR. Here's the gongs I'm listening to. I scored these, I listened to these training sessions, I practiced with these people, here are some SDRs I'm helping out. Ended up getting the promotion just a few months later because his name was always coming up just because of these crazy long emails with a ton of detail that he was sending out. So it and works. I love it. How, how big is Patient Pop nowadays in terms of comp, uh, employees? I think we're around 600, a little bit over 600. Okay, that's that's uh, just about where, where we're at uh, at Gong as well. I'm curious. Um, how you personally or, or how you help others, because you, you probably have a really good internal network there from four years, but how you recommend others build their network internally, maybe with other departments, um, knowing that, let's just say you're an SDR and you want to be an AE, you want to look good to your SDR manager, but you also want the AE managers to know who you are because they, they'll probably be, you know, the ones that ultimately are, are hiring you and managing you in that role. So uh, do you have any tips on that? I think the first tip is just do your job. You know, be the best yeah. SDR there is. Like, build that brand. We'll hear about you. If you're constantly sending the best meetings over the most qualified meetings and blowing out your number month after month, the AEs are going to start talking about that SDR. <laughs> and that SDR should be calling their AE and vice versa, AE calling the SDR. But if you're an SDR, force that issue. Always talk to the AE. Give them the best possible information they could have before walking into a demo. And reach out to the AE manager. So actually one of the SDRs that was on my team, he's on my team right now. He got promoted to my team right now, Michael Seifert. 
he used to message me at the end of every month, here are my numbers. Here's my performance. Here's my closes. I'm ready to go, man. When are you going to bring me on your team? You know, it's this funny <laughs> thing, but he was always on my mind. And he was always just, you know, being backed up by his numbers and forcing that issue of, hey, I'm ready to get promoted. When the time comes, you know, I'm your guy. And ultimately, he was a no-brainer choice when he interviewed for the job. You got to be your own advocate. Yeah. You got to be your own biggest fan, you know, yeah. and you also got to back that up too and be the biggest performer. Totally. Totally. It's, it's definitely both. Um, yeah. I'm curious for, you know, learning and development and things like that. Um, I'm always curious what people, uh, if there's books that are podcasts or YouTube videos, Instagram followers, like whatever it is that has impacted you or that you're, you know, really interested in right now, or that you recommend to people, anything that, that is top of mind, um, that we can learn from. Yeah. And it could be sales or any, you know, any topics fair game. Any topic. So I'm, I, I love listening to podcasts. So I'll, I'll give you a few. So okay. my first one is I love the real AF podcast with Andy Frisella. Yeah. He's a beast, just an animal. And it's one of those things, it's, you know, some of it's like pretty extreme, like if you know Andy Frisella, but at the same point, like I'll turn him on anytime I'm walking my dog and just listen to a podcast. And it's something that just like makes me feel juiced, even though it's, it's kind of the same things a lot of the time, but it's really valuable. It makes you realize, Hey, I got to do it. I got to get to work. I got to do what I say I'm going to do, get 1% better and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Like Tony Robbins, when I'm trying to chill out from all that Andy Frisella stuff, you know, <laughs> get me centered. He hasn't been putting out as much content as I feel like he used to. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm, I like listening to real estate podcasts. I listen to the Bigger po- Pockets podcast as well. Bigger Pockets? Yeah. They cover real estate, real estate investing, which, you know, for me, that's kind of my why as far as why I'm in sales. So, or one of my whys is investing into real estate. So you're dabbling in that and, and learning about that now? Yeah, that's been, you know, kind of the passion that was that was built in. It's something that you know, I give Jess credit. He brings it up all the time. Like, how are the properties? How's it going? So it is one of my big whys as far as, you know, here's why I want the commission checks. Here's why I'm in sales is because I want to take that money, put it into real estate. Kind of like Grant it. Cardone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and Tony Robbins is the OG. I mean, he's the, he's the GOAT. Uh, and not as much content now, but some of his books and YouTube videos and stuff like that. The YouTube videos, the Tony Robbins priming routine, I think is one of the greatest Ooh. ways to start your day. You know, it's yeah. freaking fire. I can't say that I do it five times a, a week. I probably do it three times, but on those days you feel super clear. And I'm always like, man, why don't I do this every day? But Have you ever gone to one of his uh, like conferences or anything like that? No, nah, have you? Oh, you'd love it. I did. Yeah. I did. I went yeah. to like, th- like probably three or four years ago, uh, not long after I moved to California, I, I did a four day one in San Jose. It was wild. You're walking on burning coals, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I got to check one out. It's, it's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. That'd be good, man. Um, any other last pieces that we didn't get to? Um, and then, uh, obviously if people want to learn more from you, uh, connect with you, what's the best place to do so? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that covers it. I think if anyone wants to connect with me, just hit me up on LinkedIn, Sunny Dollywell. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I guess I don't have much of a social presence. I got a LinkedIn and that's about it. So, you know, they, they can, they can add me on there and you can roll from there. Yeah. No, no time for TikTok when you're working on the real estate game. Yeah. No time for TikTok. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Appreciate it, man. It was great having you on. Likewise. Thanks, Tom.
All right. Thank you everyone so much for checking out that podcast. Uh, especially if you're in the middle of cleaning the dishes, mowing the lawn, uh, you know, taking a nap, whatever it is that you're doing, multitasking while you're listening to this. I appreciate you again. Shout out to gong shout out to postal. Uh, it's the last month of the quarter. Let's get after it people. And please, uh, hit me up on social media. I'm Tommy Tahoe everywhere. Uh, Tom Alamo on LinkedIn and, uh, review this podcast, subscribe, uh, show some love. Peace.